is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Travis Etienne or Najee Harris? That has been the debate on Steelers Standard for the past couple of weeks whenever we talk about running backs and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's really been those two guys and nobody else, but... A guy that has had his name really rocket up the draft board, so much so that Jacob Recht, who is one of my co-hosts here on Steelers Standard, good along friends, with Kellen birthday Gursky. twins. What? Good friend and birthday twin? I can't even look at you right now. <laughs> that was the most useless contribution I think you could have brought to this podcast. You sit out for the next five minutes. <laughs> Kellen, we need we need like a I, mute I wanted to like, talk to him, but he's like a, talking about the oh, horn say birthday. No one cares. Dale Lolly and Matt Williamson have been kicking the tires on Javante Williams. Dale Lolly more so than anyone that I've ever met or listened but to. But not just in the second round where he had been originally predicted to go for a lot of mock drafts. Maybe sometimes it's even as late as the third round for Javante Williams. Dale Hawley's been picking him in the first round. And and that's look, with Najee Harris and Travis Etienne still on the board as listen, well. Listen, if this was somebody else from some blog boy site, I would be making fun of him for that. But Dale knows his stuff. So if Dale's talking about Javante Williams in the first round, then I'm going to start looking at Javante Williams in the first round. And, you know, Najee Harris is the guy that really, through his season last year, exploded up draft boards. Etienne, I think, coming into the 2020 college football season was the guy. Because in 2019, I remember, he was supposed to come out. And I was really high on him back then as a Pittsburgh Steeler, uh, if he was still there in the first round. Uh, He decided to go back to Clemson. Everybody thought, okay, he's going to be the number one back next year. Not the case. Najee Harris had an outstanding season at Alabama, which vaulted him to the top of the board as far as running backs are concerned, Etienne falling to number two. Uh, And then there was really a drop-off from that to Javante Williams at the number three spot. But he has been the guy, if Harris was the guy that really had that draft stock shoot up during the season, Javante Williams is the Mm -hmm. guy who's the darling after the season ends. He is getting a lot of love. Uh, he's five foot ten, so he's shorter than Najee Harris, but he's only twelve pounds lighter than Najee Harris at two hundred and twenty pounds, where Harris is two hundred and thirty-two pounds. Uh, he's the same height as Etienne, a little bit bigger than Etienne. So he's got the build of an NFL running back and five ten on the shorter side. But as far as running backs are concerned, that's workable for sure. It's not like you're bringing a Darren Sproles or, hey, even a Jalen Samuels in there. <laughs> yeah. Um... He's much better than... He than, averaged two touchdowns a game on Yeah, year. I mean, dude, just looking at him, and a couple of weeks ago, we kind of um, kind of said no, like, Javante Williams in the first round, like, what are we talking about here? But the more and more that... Well, uh, that's the thing. I would love to just be savvy, take a lineman in the first round, and then have him in the second round, but but he's really rising up there. Yeah, he he might make it out of the first round, but early second round is probably where he'll go. And it's funny how, like, in, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot, like, there's always that one guy, or there, well, there's a bunch of guys, but there's a, a pretty much one in every position group that really rises up, their stock rises, and it kind of comes out of nowhere, and you didn't expect it. Um, and especially this year, because, like, they're not, you know, there's no traditional combine. It's all going to be pro days and that sort of thing so you're not going to necessarily have um you know like that darling of the of the uh, combine that tests well and then all of a sudden they're a first round pick when everyone had them you know as a second round pick whatever it is but 
this is what's going to happen now. Even more speculation and, and more people talking about him. All of a sudden, the buzz gets created, and I think that is what ha- what is happening um, with Javante Williams. And just looking at some numbers here, um, Javante Williams in his year last year um, gained a, a first down or a touchdown on 131 of his 322 carries since 2019. Um, that's 40.7% of the time he touched the ball. He either got a first down or a touchdown. That's the highest rate among running backs with 200-plus carries um, in their career. He also averaged uh, 0.48 missed tackles per attempt in 2020, the highest in the NCAA. Um, that's pretty darn good. And then this kind of surprised me. This was just a couple days ago. Um, Pro Football Focus Draft tweeted um, their 2021 NFL Draft rankings for running backs. ETN one, Javante Williams two, mm-hmm. Najee Harris three. Um, that's the other thing of this coin. It, yeah. As Williams rises, Harris kind of drops. Right. I mean, I guess that could be a good thing if you're the Steelers. Like, maybe you get Harris in the second round if you go lineman. But I mean, I guess that could that could be a plus, but at the same time, um, the more and more that he rises, if he's sitting there at, at 24, um, he's definitely not going to be there when you pick again in the 50s if you're the Steelers. I think that the case could be made for, for Najee Harris too, but um, you know, this could be a good predicament for the Steelers because either way you look at it, beings that, that Javante Harris's stock is rising and Harris's is falling, you might get a running back either way, and you're probably going to get a good one either way. There are two things that Dale has said that have really stuck with me. A is he's usually the guy to say if there's an offensive lineman who's capable sitting in the first round, you got to go with him. And this year, it seems to be the opposite. Even though there will be a great offensive lineman sitting there in round one, there seems to be an abundance of great offensive line talent in the draft this year. And that's why he's comfortable taking, he's so comfortable taking Javante Williams in the first because he doesn't feel like waiting until the second, risking that. Even though some people say Javante could be a second round talent, he knows that he knows his value in Javante Williams and he'd rather take him first and, and get a guy like Christian Derrissaw or Elijah Vera Tucker in the second. I've never seen someone. It's like Christmas morning when I'm sitting in producing the drive, <laughs> and Dale gets Javante Williams in the first and gets either Derrissaw or, or Vera Tucker in the second. The guy is elated. It's really funny to watch. But a second thing that Dale has pointed out is, and I've and I've actually brought this up too, but not in the same way that Dale did. Back in 2013, when the running back conversation surrounding the draft was Le'Veon Bell or Eddie Lacy, and everyone wanted the Steelers to take Eddie Lacy, but they passed up on him and took Le'Veon Bell, even though they were both there, and people were saying, oh, well, the Steelers should have gone with Eddie Lacy. He's, he's the better back. He's the better back. And for the first year, it certainly looked like it when Eddie Lacy won Offensive Rookie of the Year. And I was saying the same thing, too, between... Najee Harris and Travis Etienne, I wasn't even considering Javante Williams. And Dale was saying how if the Steelers do take Javante Williams, don't be so quick to say, oh, the Steelers should have taken Harris or Etienne. Those are the guys that everyone wants to talk about, that everyone wants. And Dale is saying, no, no, no. Look how the Le'Veon Bell and Eddie Lacy thing played out. Within the second year of their career, Le'Veon was clearly the better player. And by the third year, Eddie Lacy was benched. And Le'Veon was was a pro bowler and an all-pro, I think a second-team all-pro by that point. So there you go. I mean, Dale is trying to say that don't be so quick to judge Javante Williams on what you haven't heard from majority of 
of draft analysts. Dale is very high on this guy, and I think it's definitely, and it seems uh, with Daniel Jeremiah kind of boarding that train along with Dale, the the, the steam, the, 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 the hype surrounding him is just continuing to grow, and it's very possible now. Dale has Dale has sold me on the talent of this kid, Javante Williams, that he is a first round talent, and maybe if he is available with Najee Harris and ATN at that twenty four spot, the Steelers have to seriously consider taking him. And I'm starting to sniff that Javante Williams glue with Dale a little bit as well because I <laughs> really think that out of the big three, Etienne, Williams, and Harris, Williams might have the most complete game out of all of the uh, top three guys. Uh, Najee Harris, great in the passing game. Really, all three of them are great in the passing game. Uh, but one thing that Najee Harris uh, has as a bit of a negative is his ability to break big gains. Uh, think Le'Veon Bell, not in the style of running where he stops the line of scrimmage and right. waits five minutes before he goes through the hole, but just that he doesn't have that breakaway speed and he kind of just death by a thousand paper cuts you down the field like Bell did with five yards, four yards, three yards, six yards, seven yards. That's the Harris style of running where Javante Williams has that ability. He's got power. He broke 76 tackles on just 157 rushing attempts last season at North Carolina. Uh, so he's able to break through tackles. Um, he's able to to break it downfield for a, a big-time home run. He was a state championship uh, by a 4 by 100 track relay team, so he's got track speed. Uh, he's got more power than Travis Etienne does, and a big knock on Etienne is his vision, where he has a tendency to run into the backs of his blockers a lot. Javante Williams hasn't shown that uh, negative as far as his game is concerned. And the big thing with Javante Williams is, Najee Harris and Travis Etienne play for Clemson and Alabama. Yeah. So obviously the running back behind them is good enough to take some carries from them. With that being said, Harris and Etienne were clear-cut number ones. Javante Williams split time with Michael Carter in North Carolina last year, and he still rushed for more than 2,000 yards and scored for scored 24 touchdowns on the ground over the past two seasons, splitting time with a guy that is projected to go in the third or fourth yeah. round, by the way, in Pretty this good. draft. Michael Carter is a top five back as far as most people are concerned. So North Carolina had a two-headed monster last year, and Javante Williams was able to establish himself as the lead of that two-headed monster. That's tough to do. And in today's NFL, where you got to have two running backs, it's really nice to draft a guy that has experience being yeah. the top guy and being the guy that's okay with getting his workload split but still producing at an incredibly high level. Dale oh. compared, sorry, Dale com or sorry, Matt compared the the North Carolina running back duo to Georgia's from a couple years ago when it was Nick Chubb and oh my gosh, I'm totally blanking on the guy's name. DeAndre who, Swift? No, who went to um the Patriots who hasn't who's oh my still God. on the Patriots. I know exactly who you're talking about. Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michelle, thank you. When they had a two headed monster at the running back position and they were both drafted, just like we're talking about this year with with North Carolina. And the former guy you said, it was Sonny Michelle on Georgia and, and Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. And, and, and Matt, Matt loves, Matt thinks Nick Chubb is the best running back in the league right now. I think now. he's right up there. But wasn't Sonny Michelle the guy at Georgia? Sonny Michelle was the guy. Yeah. But Matt has said a lot when talking about Javante Williams. He reminds, Javante Williams is reminiscent of more so of Nick Chubb's style of play now compared to Sonny Michelle, which is a roaring endorsement for Javante Williams. 
Absolutely is. And again, it's that 5'10", 220 pounds, his ability to break tackles and his ability to have speed. And by the way, he's pretty good in the backfield. Uh, a guy that Dale compares him to that uh, he reminds him a lot of is Green Bay's or soon to be formerly Green Bay, yeah. is Aaron Jones, mm-hmm. which, again, another really high endorsement. That's probably another guy you could make the argument for being a top five back in the NFL today. Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb are two really good comparisons coming out of uh, Matt and Dale. You can listen to Matt and Dale, too, on The Drive as part of our podcast network here on uh, Steelers.com. And let me tell you something here about Williams. As I like looked on, I just searched Devontae Williams on Twitter to see the buzz. Um, I hadn't seen this run before that he had against Miami. Um, oh my god! Unbelievable! Yeah. Uh, he hurdles a dude, and then like two yards later, chucks another guy, and then spins off another guy. And it's like a forty-five yard run. It's unbelievable. He does um, all three matter moves in yeah. one run. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, so that's like the type of athletic ability that he brings. But um, I mean, I I don't know who the best guy is. I mean, there's I think there's a point to be made about um, you know all the the things that you just broke down there, Tom, about Williams, um, because I think he does have those abilities. Um, and you know, like you said, um, when you look at him playing at North Carolina, splitting time with another back, um, he might not be that, you know, uh, right out of the gate, the number one back that a lot of people are talking about. Um, but don't take anything from, away from him playing at North Carolina too. They had one of the best offenses in college football last year. Um, they were really, really good last year. Um, but again, I, I think the point that keeps popping in my head, like it doesn't matter to me which running back the Steelers get in the first round if they get one, because it does sound like now all three of these guys are viable options. I don't know. Um, you know, I understand your point, Jacob, or I guess Dale's point um, talking you know, about Eddie Lacy and Lev Bell. Um, but I really don't think that you could go wrong with any of these guys. I think that's a good luxury sure. to yeah, have. Of course. I think that's a great luxury to have. And the fact that, um, you know, people are high on all three of them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, y- you want to hit it out of the park with whatever guy you pick. You want to pick the best one of the group. But at the same time, um, it's not a bad it's not a bad option to have three pretty darn good candidates to be the leader of your running back room next year. No, and again, this is a position group that they sorely need uh, next year. Ben Roethlisberger has to be able to run the ball if he wants to have success, and he's got to be attracted to running the ball. Uh, another thing on Javante Williams that is really attractive as far as a prospect is concerned. He is two years younger than Travis Etienne, and he's three years younger than Najee Harris. So wait, how old is he? He's 20 years old. Oh, okay. Javante Williams. Uh, Etienne's 22. Najee Harris is 23. That's pretty seasoned for a guy coming out of college, and that's actually one of the knocks on him where he's going to be 27, 28 years old by the time he finishes off his rookie rookie contract. And that can be a little bit of a gift and a curse because – you could be an NFL team that drafts Najee Harris in the first round. He's awesome in his first five years, plays through his rookie contract, super cheap. Then he starts to get to the latter half of his prime because he's 28, 27 years old, and you don't have to pay him for that second contract, and you've already got the most out of him that any team was ever going to get. Whereas Javante Williams, uh, I mean, by the time he's done with his rookie contract four or five years into it, he's going to be only a year older than Najee Harris is right now. So... Javante Williams is a guy that he might have his best football ahead of him rather than behind him. And one of those typical guys that has a much better pro career than he does a college career. And 10 years into his tenure, you're looking back and going, where did Javante Williams go to college again? Oh, North Carolina. He played at North Carolina. The guy who's just been lighting it up for the Steelers for the past 10 years. I don't remember him playing as a Tar Heel at all. He's got that kind of potential and. 
uh, again, it, franchise running backs aren't a thing anymore because just the position is the so shelf undervalued life is, yeah. and the shelf life is so short in the NFL. But if you want to have a guy for eight, nine years to be in his prime for a majority of those eight, nine years, it's the guy who's 20 years old right now. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, I do wonder real quick, and I don't want to um, – I don't want to like make this parallel now, but we know how it's gone when with bringing in younger guys and there's that immaturity worry. And I'm not uh, saying there is no, one, I'm I, not, but I, there's reason to when you're on the Steelers. Right. I'm not saying there is one with Javante Williams. I'm, I, that's not the point that I'm trying to make. But it just in the back of your head, you know, with all this juju stuff that is still ongoing, even though he's not probably going to be a Steeler next year, there's still drama surrounding him. Um, and again, Claypool too. You just wonder if, if bringing in a young guy with all of the history that the Steelers have kind of had with, the, you know, the younger guys, and I'm not saying there's issues with Javante Williams. He could be uh, as mature as the next guy. But, man, in the back of my head, that, like, Tom, you saying that he's only 20, in the back of my head, like, I was like, oh, you know, like, it just kind of, it was sitting there. And you that know, cuts both ways, though. No, absolutely, no other team like, is having that second uh, right. thought. Exactly, though. exactly. Only this team. Everyone else is going, "Oh my God, he's twenty years old." Yes, yes, right. yes. he's going to be cheap, and he's only going to be yeah. twenty-five when he's up. But now you look at the Steelers, and you're thinking, "Your back, the back of the head, is this guy going to bring any distractions?" And and you shouldn't think like that. And you know, unfair I'm, to him. It's unfair to him for me to even he like suggest has that. No character issues right. on his record at all, as far as his time in North Carolina. Yeah, so. Uh, again, I hate to bring that up, but man, just in the back of your head, you're like, oh, I hope that he doesn't bring any, you know, him being young, he doesn't bring any distractions. But I mean, all um, everything that I've seen and especially his on the field play indicate that, I mean, if he is a stealer, it looks like he'll be a great fit. Looks like he can do it all. And, and hey, that's a great guy for, um, you know, if Ben's in some trouble, just check it down to Williams, get us, you know, 10, 11 yards or whatever it right. is. It's a good luxury to have. But man, I hate bringing that up. You do, but again, it, this is the only only team that has that worry of of bringing in a young bringing in a young guy, and it's unfortunate because what else are you supposed to do with the draft but bring in young talent? And yeah, you want to bolster your offense or defense with younger guys so that you're not slowed down uh, compared to other teams. But yeah, Kellen, I totally see what you're saying. It's not that there's an aura surrounding Javante Williams or any of these running backs saying, oh, they, they've tended to be a little immature in the locker room and off the field. It's just that you have to have that stipulation if you were the Steelers because that's what you've been dealing with for the better part of the last four years with Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, Juju, and Claypool. I think it's... And all three of us, we share the opinion that they should take one of these top three running backs. Williams, Etienne, and, the and first. Harris. In the first round. Yeah, yeah. I'm and sold on it. I'm sold on Williams being in that category, too. Which is so weird because for years people were saying, never take a running, no matter what team you are, never take a running back in the first round. Just don't do it. It's not worth it. Yeah, but then there's – like, I hate when that is, those sentiments get thrown around because there's always going to be outliers to that. Like, what, Saquon Barkley wasn't supposed to go in the top five? Uh, Ezekiel Elliott wasn't supposed to go I, number four? I, I still think Saquon should have gone number one overall. I still think the yeah, Browns absolutely. botched that because Z. Baker was going to be sitting there in number four. Right. And I'd rather have Saquon than Denzel Ward, but they got but Nick they Chubb. But they have Nick Chubb, so they're so doing it's A-OK pretty good, that position yeah. group is concerned. but. You, you, Saquon, he's going to go top five. Uh, uh, Lenny Fournette, he's going to go in the top 
10 because he had such a great college career. So I understand that you shouldn't reach on running backs, but there's going to be guys, and maybe these three guys aren't fitting the bill as far as this is concerned, but there's going to be guys that always come out of college and are going to be, that's a running back that we take top five because he's going to be a guy that's going to absolutely change the shape of our offense. And he's not just a running back. Like Saquon Barkley isn't just a running back. Zeke isn't just a running back. They're dynamic gameplay playmakers, excuse me, that absolutely cause defensive coordinators to pull their hair out when they have to go up against them. And the fact that they're on the field every down, even if the ball's not coming to them, those are guys that impact the play. And I think that you're always going to see them getting taken early in drafts. Again, these three guys don't know if they fit that bill to be in the top 10, probably not. But as far as taking them in the first round, later in the first round, if all three of these guys go in the first round, I'm not going to sit here and say that's a terrible pick by these NFL teams. They shouldn't be taking running backs in right. the first round. No, I mean, I think that they're all going to be late first-round picks. I mean, I think – I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they go in the mid- middle of the first round. Like you said, Tom, are they top ten? I don't know. Maybe a team sees something really big in them. But they're all going to be at least first-round picks or early second-round picks. Um, and that kind of goes to my point earlier. Like, I don't think you can go wrong with either one of these guys. Really quick, I just saw this. Um, we were talking about the Chiefs and how they're over the cap. Um, Adam Schefter just tweeted that the Chiefs have released former number one pick offensive tackle Eric Fisher. Um, so that's interesting. And then um, scrolling up a little bit here on Twitter, it seems like they're also the Chiefs are also releasing Mitchell Schwartz, another offensive tackle. Not saying that those are guys the Steelers should definitely no, go after. Fisher's too expensive. But, um, you know, again, this is about the cap cuts. And then quickly, um, a Steeler-related thing. Apparently, John Brown, um, he's a free agent this year, the wide receiver from Buffalo, um, on an interview today with Sirius XM, he mentioned that the Steelers and the Colts are two teams that he would like to play for. Um, I just don't know how in the world that that could possibly happen. Well, you see another uh, receiver that was released by his team the other day. Manny Sanders. Yeah. I'm coming home. I don't think so. I don't think so. Tell the world I'm coming home. Is Manny Sanders still expensive? Or is he getting to that point now where he's so veteran that he's going to be cheap? And such a journeyman, too. I mean, I've lost track of how many teams he's played for. Oh, the Steelers, the Broncos, the Niners, and the Saints. Is that it? Keep up, Is there not? I feel, yeah, I'm I'm with Kellen. I feel like we're missing. You might be right. Nope, I feel wrong. like he's, I mean, but he's played so long, too. Also, is there any bad blood between him and Ben for when he went to the Broncos and played with Peyton? He said, it's night and day playing with Peyton Manning versus Ben Roethlisberger. Peyton Manning, Ben just can't do it compared to Peyton. Steelers, Broncos, Niners, and Saints. Do you guys remember that? both of you. Do you guys remember that? When I do remember Emmanuel that. said that. So do you think maybe in Ben's head he's saying, this isn't my guy? Maybe in my he- head, no. I would forget about that the next day. But in Ben's head, yeah. I do think Ben actually remembers things like that. Mm. And let's be honest. Emmanuel Sanders was right. It is like night and day playing with sure. Peyton Manning. and. Ben Roethlisberger. But that's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. Thank you, as always, for listening to us on Steelers Nation Radio or for checking out the podcast at Steelers.com. You can download and subscribe to the Steelers Standard podcast at Apple or Spotify. On the next episode of Steelers Standard, guess what? We're spinning the wheel of a 1,000 questions, baby. We're going to look around the NFL. It's going to ask us. Six or seven questions about the league, and we'll have to answer them accordingly. That's on the next episode of Steelers Standard. For Jacob Recht and Kellen Gursky, I'm Tom Opperman. Thank you, as always, for listening.